Health Radio. Here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. There's a type of complication during pregnancy that occurs with some women that can be best described as morning sickness on steroids. It's called hyperemesis gravidarum, severe nausea, vomiting several times a day, weight loss, and dehydration. And joining us to talk about her use of cannabis to help her get through this is Olivia Brown of Hamilton, Ontario. Olivia, thanks for doing this. No problem. Thank you for having me. How many weeks into your pregnancy did you start to feel sick? Oh, geez. Well, my my first pregnancy in uh, 2008, I was violently ill probably three weeks into the pregnancy, which is almost unheard of. But uh, I made it a couple weeks. I didn't know what was wrong. And uh, I was actually hospitalized uh, seven weeks pregnant. So it was pretty serious. And were you sick throughout your pregnancy? Yeah, right right until the, the child was born. Yeah. And then you were crazy enough to have another one. Yes, yeah, I, I, I know. <laughs> two more after that, actually. Oh, two yeah. more. Yeah, I have three total. Did yeah. you have the same issue with those pregnancies? Yeah, I I was optimistic. I kind of thought, oh, it won't be so bad or that, you know, that couldn't possibly happen again. And it did. And it was worse each time. Wow. Are you going to have more? No, no, no. I'm done. (laughs) No, I've I've pushed the envelope as as much as I'd like to. (laughs) Olivia, what were some of the triggers or foods or liquids that uh, caused you issues? Oh, I was actually uh, an extreme case, as uh, some women are. I think it's uh, 3% or 0.3% of the population. Um, I couldn't eat anything. I lost uh, 30 pounds. Uh, I couldn't even hold the water down at my worst. I was hospitalized and had to be on, uh, I think it was seven IVs in 12 hours. Wow. Yeah, so th- it was. It was. This was a, a life-threatening, uh, life-threatening kind of thing. And I suspect probably somewhat life-threatening for the fetus as well. If they're not getting, if it's not getting nourishment. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Olivia, one of the things that uh, I learned this morning in uh, doing a bit of research on hyperemesis gravidarum, it was a comparison between morning sickness and uh, let's just call it HG. And uh, morning sickness uh, is nausea, which sometimes is accompanied by vomiting. For hyperemesis gravidarum, nausea accompanied by severe vomiting. Morning sickness lasts maybe 12 weeks. The nausea lasts about that uh, 12 weeks. With uh, HG, it goes on indefinitely, does not subside. There's vomiting, and you know all about this, but most, oh, yeah. most, yeah. pe- most people don't. I guess it'd be safe to say it's a very, very severe form of morning sickness that just doesn't go away. From start to finish, you've got it. Yeah, absolutely. And most women, I, I'd say 90% get immediate 
symptom relief as soon as the the baby's born but some women continue to be sick for a couple weeks which makes me believe it's a little bit hormonal because um, that's that's the only way that that would explain that um, but that, that's a really nice definition of it um, even even uh, trying to touch the severity of it like I I couldn't drink water <laughs> so I, I don't know if people can actually comprehend how serious that is uh, but you you just you can't you simply can't survive without drinking water at a minimum and when you can't do that uh, you're, you're in big trouble quickly so I was I was sick for maybe 16 hours straight before I thought you know, I don't think this is normal. I, I really think I have to go to the hospital. So um, I was about five weeks pregnant with the second uh, pregnancy when I was hospitalized. And uh, so what I was doing, I was trying to make um, Rick Simpson oil for very, very sick people. And when I couldn't get out of bed to do that, I, I knew I was in trouble. Uh, so when I went to the hospital, they prescribed me and anti-nausea for cancer patients because it's the only thing that they thought could could touch my symptoms uh so i asked them i said what are the uh what are the studies what are the effects on the fetus you know after it's born um five years later ten years later and they couldn't answer me so that concerned me a, a great deal. So um, I took a couple of those pills, and they, they provided some relief. I, I don't know why I didn't think of taking the Rick Simpson oil sooner, um, but it, it came to the point where, you know, I, I can't be, you know, hurting the fetus taking this medication. So I decided to not take that uh that pharmaceutical and i decided to try the rick simpson oil ju just a little bit just to try it and uh about an hour later i fell asleep for eight hours which i hadn't done in months and then all of a sudden i woke up and i i jumped out of bed and i went into the fridge and i opened the fridge <laughs> and i was starving and i was looking at food and i hadn't done that in weeks and uh, I realized that it was the Rick Simpson oil that had done that. So it was just a, a total 180. How long into your pregnancy did you take the Rick I Simpson think oil? I think was, I was seven weeks pregnant with my second pregnancy. So it was about two weeks after being in the hospital. Did you continue to take it throughout your entire pregnancy then? I had to. I had to take it every eight hours or I was on the floor, in bed, unable to function couldn't do anything but with the oil every eight hours i was able to eat i was able to drink i was able to get out of bed i was able to do laundry i was able to stand being in a vehicle for more than five minutes because uh, of the motion i was like 90 percent myself but i had to take it every eight hours as soon as it wore off i was it feels like you're being poisoned, It's and, and that's a, a nice way to put the feeling. It, it literally feels like you're, you're so sick that someone's poisoning you, like there's something so wrong you're, you're going to die. How much did you take? Um, I had to take a lot to deal with the nausea, um, so I was taking... 
probably honestly between 0.25 and half a gram a day of oil and and I, I had to take it every eight hours but it allowed you to eat and essentially function oh, yeah, normally. Sleep. Yeah, well, it saved my life, to, to be honest. You lost 30 pounds. Uh, and that, and this is with the oil. So, if, yeah. uh, so I, when I say I was able to eat, I mean I was able to eat watermelon, you know, and I was able to drink water and keep it down as long as it had lemon in it. Uh, but without the Rick Simpson oil, I, I was in big trouble. I, I, was in, I was in a lot of trouble. Were your doctors aware of what you were doing? Yes, because I, I'm the type of person where I'm brutally honest with uh, medical professionals. I feel like that's that's the very least they ask of us. So you know we can at least do that. Um, so I I used midwives, and uh, they knew of my activism and my my university uh, interests. So they kind of knew I I was using cannabis already, but they had no idea it was uh, keeping me alive. Olivia, have you heard or have you helped other people, other uh, women who have this um, hyperemesis gravidarum? Oh, yes. Yeah, I as soon as I figured out it worked for that particular illness, uh, I told everybody, everybody I knew who was pregnant, was thinking about being pregnant, any guy that I knew that had a girlfriend, everybody, anyone who would listen. And they tried it, and it worked just as well for them as it did for you? Absolutely. There's actually uh, more than one uh, support group on the various social medias um, that that support this 110% because it, it's, it's the difference between, you know, a, a healthy pregnancy somewhat and, and maybe no pregnancy. It's uh, it's a needed medicine to treat HG, and uh, I really wish um, women knew that, and I really wish a lot of nurses and hospitals knew that as as a first kind of treatment plan instead of uh, you didn't even know it was a viable treatment. Do the doctors in hospital know this? No, they, and they wouldn't believe you if you told you if you told them anyway. They just. No, they, they almost don't want to know because it'll shatter everything, you know, they paid, you know, $200,000 for school and you're going to tell them something different. So that shatters everything that they've been taught and they believe. So I can I can kind of understand their uh, hesitancy with this medicine. However, when this many people are having this much success there comes a time where you just you can't ignore it. I'm assuming that your babies were all born a healthy weight and, <laughs> and they're 100%. Yeah. Yes, that is something that I really, really need to talk about. So there are a couple uh, famous female activisms out, activists out there. I, I'm hesitant to name names, um, but there seems to be some kind of a bandwagon that some of them are on, and they're saying that THC in any amount, but especially large amounts, is harmful on a young and developing brain. So if I took huge doses of high THC, Rick Simpson oil, made the old-fashioned way with naphtha, 
if I took huge, huge amounts during the entire pregnancy and all of my children are not only healthy, but noticeably thriving more than all the other kids in the city, it, it can't possibly be harmful in any amount. Well, I was just trying to figure out how much you took. If you took a quarter of a gram a day, let's just say a quarter of a gram that's a day. That, that's that minimum. That, yeah. That's a minimum. Half a gram? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, a quarter of a gram a day, that's uh, seven, seven and a half grams a month. So you do that throughout your entire pregnancy. You took a lot of oil, even in that yeah. minimal amount. Yet your, Absolutely. Yet your children yeah. are healthy. They're thriving. And there are no medical issues that you're aware of with your kids. None. None. Like, minus none. When you talk about something uh, like cannabis to uh, someone who has been trained in the conventional allopathic medical system, Mm -hmm. this defies everything that they've learned. It destroys their paradigm. And uh, quite frankly, a lot of them are very reluctant to embrace it or even even get down and try and do some research on it. Oh, absolutely. And it's just been a, a total uphill battle because um, I've been trying to use this medicine legally in Canada for years, but I've been pregnant off and on, you know, for the last eight years. And my doctor has kind of used that as some sort of excuse as to not allow me to legally (laughs) consume this medicine documented, which is all I want. I just want to be documented that I'm using this medicine successfully. Uh, So after I was finished all my pregnancies, uh, and after I was finished a year and a half of breastfeeding, and uh, <laughs> so this just went on and on for about 16 years. I finally got legal, and yeah, that was one of the issues that I had. Is this going to hurt the fetus? Is this medicine safe for the baby? So when I was in bed, and this is literally life and death. This is, I can take this pharmaceutical that nobody knows the side effects, or I can take this natural medicine. And I have heard of this study uh, done by the female American doctor in Jamaica. And I just I just knew inertly that this medicine would not and could not hurt me. I, I, ju- I just knew it. The interesting thing that doctors aren't aware of is that uh, when a mother breastfeeds, uh, she is giving her child cannabinoids. And I just recently learned that as well. We interviewed Dr. Dave Hepburn, who is a doctor here in Victoria, who is one of the progressive doctors, I think you could say, who, uh, Corey, you were at a, at a, a conference with him a couple of weeks ago in Vancouver. Right. When he addresses an audience and addresses doctors, he will say, how many people in this room have cannabis in their system? And he'll say one or two very weak hands go up. And he says, you all do. (laughs) Everybody does. (laughs) Cannabis is in our system. It is something that we need. Yeah, and and that's, that's kind of new information to a lot of people. Uh, and, and it's extremely hard to believe when we've been taught our whole life that, you know, this is something bad 
and, and especially even lately with uh, and, and I, I love CBD. I want to be on the record. I love CBD. It's a it's a great it's a great thing. It helps a lot of people. Uh, however, there's nothing wrong with THC, and there's nothing wrong with the effects of THC. Okay, Livia, tell me about some of the other work that you do uh, helping people. You mentioned earlier that you uh, you help others. Okay, yeah. So when I first, uh, this my journey started in 2011 when I saw Rick Simpson's Run from the Cure. And uh, for some reason, I just knew he was telling the truth. So that was uh, fantastic. And uh, as soon as I figured out that this medicine uh, was truly helping us instead of harming us, I, I jumped on on the bandwagon and started to tell everybody about that. Um, so when I, when I started kind of looking at the other leaders in the movement or who I thought were, were the leaders, uh, I started to notice um, that there wasn't a lot of educated uh, professional people that I could go for, go and ask questions or, or go to for, for advice or what have you. And I wanted to change that because I noticed that some people were starting to look to me for advice. Uh, so I saw a nine-part documentary series called uh, Quest for the Cure for Cancer, and it was fascinating. And it started talking about chiropractic and reflexology. Uh, being, you know, some type of uh, viable natural treatment for a lot of uh, illnesses that people suffer from. So people are suffering from either an autoimmune disorder or an or uh, inflammatory problems. So chiropractor and massage and uh, float therapy and and d- different uh, types of you know methods of taking care of yourself uh, are proven to be really really effective with uh, treating and preventing a lot of diseases. So when I went to school, I thought, well, I'd like to do something like reflexology or massage therapy that I can incorporate cannabis into, and I also would like to be certified in in my hometown of Hamilton, Ontario, and and my province of Ontario, Canada. Um, so I looked on the internet and, and began my my professional career in cannabis medicine. Uh, I also started uh, university courses uh, online. Um, however, they are approved by the American Medical Association and the Canadian Medical Association. And these are um, continuing medical education credits. And uh, I have all of them that are available to the public. Uh, but you do have to have a prerequisite of some kind of medical history to, to get these. Uh, and, and I did all, all the required things. So tell me about some of the people that you've helped. Give us some case studies that you've, uh, people you've worked with and you've been successful with. Oh, well, one, my uh, second business, cannabis-infused reflexology, that kind of happened by accident. Uh, so one lady was uh, in my office being treated for reflexology, and she had been in a car accident, and her knee was uh, terribly, terribly swollen. Uh, so I had um, some cannabis-infused coconut oil, and I just—it just made sense to me to to use this on this lady who who was suffering so much in front of me. So I put it on and continued the treatment for reflexology. And about five minutes later, because she had her eyes closed. She said, what did you do to me? And I, I of course, I panicked because I, th- I think I'm, I've heard her or something. 
And I said, what do you mean? And she goes, she goes, well, my knee, my knee doesn't hurt anymore. And I said, what? She said, my, my, my knee doesn't hurt anymore. So I showed her what I did and she said, that is just fantastic. So, uh, she came the next week and the next week and uh, I actually taught her how to make her own and she's been using it ever since. So her results surprised even you. Yeah, because this is this was she was in severe pain, and this was almost instant relief. And she was trying pharmaceutical grade creams and topicals, and uh, e- even steroid creams, and and all kinds of things that that weren't having um, any success. So for her to find relief in 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 something so quickly and so naturally, yes, it was a huge shock. Absolutely. Does it even surprise you sometimes how well yes. this works? Yes. Al- almost weekly, I- I'm getting phone calls of, of updates of people I've helped previously, and uh, I can still say after you know six or eight years of doing this, uh, not one person, not one has called and said, you know, I, I really don't think this medicine is for me or I, I don't think it's working for me. Um, and that that says a lot. That says a lot to me right there. Yeah, you know, Olivia, um, I, I, of course, deal with a lot of people as well, and particularly those yeah. with cancer. And um, even in every single instance where we've lost someone, Without exception, every single time, the family has said what a difference cannabis made to that person's quality of life. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I did, I have lost one one person I, I was trying to help. And this was before I fully understood how much damage and harm chemotherapy and radiation did. And I know from reading Rick Simpson books that towards the end of his um you know, helping people in Canada, uh, that at one point he almost kind of refused to help people that had done chemo and radiation. Uh, and and I, I was a little bit surprised, as other people were, but now I completely understand. So I had a lady, she was in her early 40s, two kids, um, and I don't know if these people are properly diagnosed I have no idea, but apparently this lady had pancreatic cancer. And they had given this poor lady, I think, five rounds of chemo and radiation in a very mm. short time, in, in a few months. And I I honestly didn't know h- how much damage that it, that it does to people. I had never been that close to it. Uh, so I, I go there, I go to her home. And uh, I'm I'm very positive, and I'm very very happy, and and I help her and her husband understand this medicine and the effects and everything, and uh, and two weeks later she passed away, so that was that was a hard hard lesson that I had to learn that this medicine is great and it helps you know 99.9 percent of people, um, but the chemo and radiation the the damage that it's doing to people. Oh, it, it just it has to it has to stop. It's like, horrendous. Im- immediately, like I, I had no idea. Yeah, I, I can't even believe that there is a medical establishment uh, supporting this this kind of barbaric treatment, if you can call it that. 
No, I think it's an apt description because I think 100, yeah, I just, 100 years from now, people will look back at uh, the 20th century and say, my mm-hmm. God, these people were barbaric. If, if I was doing something for 40 years and it wasn't working and it was hurting people, I would stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, it kind of seems that, like that, a no-brainer. Just, it just kind of, you know, and if I do something and it helps somebody in five minutes, I'm going to concentrate all my energy, all my time, all my resources on that and nothing else. But Olivia, we know what's behind it. It's money. Yeah, <laughs> that's I, I understand. I'm just so the the polar opposite of of these types of people it's uh it's hard for me to you know even be in the same room with them let alone not uh, talk about them so yeah what happens if you get a couple and one is supportive of cannabis and the other isn't how do you deal with um i i try and be as understanding and um sympathetic with with both parties because I've been on both sides. I, I can remember myself as a young person um, with the idea that, it, you know, if, if I had ever seen somebody, a female, let alone pregnant, uh, you know, smoking a joint or something, I would I would be appalled at minimum. I ju- how could you do that? I, I, I just, I had... I had no idea, and 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 even there, there's also something else that a lot of people aren't talking about with this whole cannabis and finding out that it's not only harmless but it it helps everybody. Um, is there's a lot of kids getting in a lot of trouble with uh, parents and school and uh, even the police for something that is is born into us that that, that we are supposed to be doing. And and that that disturbs me a lot because I know that 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 puts in uh, rifts with with parents and people's families and uh, you know parents' idea of of their children and, and if they're doing well or or not and and kids' cannabis use has little to to nothing to do with um, anything else that's going on in the children's lives. Most kids are suffering from anxiety and and you know self medicating, not because there's anything really wrong. It's just it, it it's hard to be a human. It, it's you know and, and we need a little help. We need a little stress relief and. I would rather have uh, teenagers reaching for a bong than reaching for anything else. When you see your kids today, are they any, yes. are they any different as a result of your use of cannabis when you were pregnant than other kids? They're just. Um, or are they too young? No, no, I, I can I can tell. Um, they're just healthier. That that's the only way I can describe. That's the only that's the only difference. Uh, I I did other things too. I I, I when I was able to hold fluids down, I did juice. Um, so there, I had a lot of extra nutrients that I guess a lot of uh, Canadians or North Americans don't think about or don't have. Um, so I, I was pretty privileged, and even the quality of my food, I got my I got my food from organic farms um, around Ontario. Uh, so that was uh, a lot less pesticides and stuff. So my kids, being the way I am, they, they were already going to have an, uh, an advantage. Um, but the cannabis oil, it just 
made them just a little bit better like it they're they're a little bit bigger than they would have been uh their muscle mass is better uh their bones are probably stronger my my kids can take a hit and they can take a fall uh i would say a little bit better than, than most kids um, I, so I'm going to say that that injuries, head injuries, um, bones breaking, my kids would have a lot less instances of that. Well, I can and if he- there was a way, if there's a way I could document it, I would. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I can hear them in the background. They're having fun. Yeah, yeah, they're upstairs playing. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things when you talked about uh, bone strength, that's what cannabis does. It strengthens your bones. Oh, absolutely. And we've been tricked to think that, you know, drinking uh, cow milk uh, (laughs) filled with uh, pus and and steroids and hormones, that that's going to somehow make us (laughs) healthy and strong. (laughs) So, Olivia, will you be giving cannabis to your kids when they get older? Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm, you know, I believe in everybody has a choice, number one. You know, I believe that uh, the age of choice um, with most things should be 18. Um, so I think when my kids are 18 and they're curious, um, I am a plethora of information, and I would I would love it if they came to me for information. Olivia, the people that come to you is it mainly cancer, or do you have uh, people with various ailments that come to you as uh, well? It used to be a lot and exclusively cancer. Now, because of, I think, the Internet and the information that's out there, I'm seeing a lot of everything else. And, and I mean everything else. Well, it's interesting. When you are going to become a grandmother, you will have something to help your uh, daughter-in-law. Oh, ab- absolutely! I wouldn't let. I'm any, trying to th- I'm stumbling. Over yeah, trying to think. <laughs> I, I wouldn't let any any woman of any age or any background suffer needlessly the, the way I did, even for those few weeks. It, it's just unnecessary to to be that ill. You telling your story about how you were so nauseous and sick during your pregnancy uh, just makes you sick. Makes me sick. Oh yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> the third time I got pregnant, I was actually I, I didn't think I was pregnant. I thought no, I because it was six months after my second was born, and I thought no, there's no way. I had no idea what was wrong with me. At one point, uh, and, and this is how you have to you have to understand how sick you must feel. Every day, I actually thought I was being poisoned. I thought there, there's something in the house. There, there's mm. there's wind. There's something, or a neighbor is really mad at me. There's something. <laughs> I was that ill. I, I was seriously considering talking to my husband, talking to my doctor, going to the police. Like I, I, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know what was wrong, and, and it felt so life threatening. You feel. Like you're you're going to die if if you don't you get help and at minimum yet you have to tell someone when you're that ill it's just who you know who's going to believe you <laughs> yeah. so I I went wound up in the hospital again 
And uh, it wasn't until I did a pregnancy test. And of course, you know, they let me wait the whole weekend, not knowing what was wrong with me. <laughs> so I'm, I'm calling on a, on a Monday afternoon trying to get answers after uh, being admitted on a Thursday. Uh, so, yeah, this is a viable treatment and it, it should be used immediately. And, and I think it should even be used preventatively. What did, pregnancy. what did your husband think of your illness? Like me, he, we were worried about the, you know, the concentrated THC, um, but I was too sick to even smoke a joint. The, the smoke made me ill. I, I didn't have a choice. I had to eat the oil. It was the only way I could get the medicine in me. Uh, so, you know, the, the first concern was the high THC content. Of course, that was our number mm-hmm. one concern. Our second concern was the oil that was being made with naphtha. Of course, it was made correctly. Uh, you know, of course, of course. However, my husband's uh, an engineer. Uh, he's a very, very smart man. And, uh, you know, consuming anything made with um, a solvent like naphtha, especially when pregnant, mm-hmm. y- you'd be stupid not to be a little bit concerned. Um, so, so we were concerned, but it was to the point where, you know, I'm in the hospital on IVs and they're trying to pump me with, um, I can't even pronounce the medications Yeah, and I I can't even describe the, the known side effects. So weighing the options, the, the cannabis, I just knew it was a less dangerous option. And not only was it less dangerous, it it was the right option. It's nature's option. Olivia, does your husband want more kids? No. We, <laughs> we, we, have, we love children. It's actually a, a deep part of our, our religion as, as a Rastafari couple uh, to have plenty of children. Um, but the, the pregnancies are just simply too difficult, and I, I don't think he could, he could watch me go through that again. Olivia, it was great to talk to you. It's the first time we've ever talked to someone who's had this uh, hyperemesis gravidarum. Yeah, I can assure you I, w- I won't be the last person you'll be talking to. <laughs> yeah, it was great to talk to you. Thanks very much for your time. Thank you so much, guys. Okay. Thanks, Olivia. Okay, thanks, Corey. Bye. Bye-bye. And that's another edition of Cannabis Health Radio. Wherever you are in the world, thanks very much for listening. You've been listening to the Cannabis Health Radio podcast. Visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey friends, I'm Brandon And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout Podcast, an educational platform to connect with the cannabis community and share personal stories while breaking the stigma of marijuana. Join us every Sunday at 7 p.m. to gain valuable insight with different perspectives from industry leaders, growers, and medical marijuana patients. This is a place to learn so much from different angles in the cannabis industry. So tune in while we break it all down. down.